Yo, what's up, everybody, for another episode of Should I Play That? What's going on, Rod? How are you doing? Uh, not bad, man. You know, we're uh, we're we're recording the latest that we've ever recorded, but you know that that gets me energized. I'm nocturnal anyway, so this exactly. is just right up my alley. Nice, nice. So this is episode six. That's crazy. Like, this is you know, I I am happy that we've stayed consistent. Yeah, I am happy that we've like gotten the feedback we've been getting. Uh, some you know some new viewers, some people hitting us up on like the Facebook sh- uh, live streams. Like this is man, what a time to be alive! Yeah, like we've gotten some really kind words. Um, so so some some that I've I've been able to share with you, and and some I've recently gotten, and like it's it's really good, man. I'm excited. Yeah. So uh, for anyone listening to this podcast for the first time, should I play that? Is in its name, it is a gaming podcast. And we're letting you know, should you play that, we are on Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, mm. and I think that's all of it, right? That's, yeah, that's the majority the of them. Majority mm. of it, yeah. We're on, you know, major platforms. Um, I'm thinking about looking into other platforms. Mm-hmm. So, wink, wink, if you, you know, if, if things go well, or not even go well, if I <laughs> get off my ass, like, <laughs> look into this stuff then we'll we'll be on more platforms but uh man like i said before what a time to be alive i am one of the hosts i haven't even introduced myself i'm ssg blackerot aka chris aka black hulk aka whatever you know me as (laughs) aka is yeah and uh let's go ahead and just jump into this week um so rod it's a it's another week and uh, how we normally start these shows off is we do a roundup of what we've been playing. So, Rod, what you been playing, man? I have been playing more Sekiro Shadows Die Twice. As I explained last week, it is the new FromSoft game. I am still really enjoying it. And there were some things I said last week about, you know, hey, hey I got to, like, feel some, feel some stuff out. Like, I didn't quite have the flow yet of the game, but I spent a significant amount of time in the, in the last week since we've we've recorded playing through it and uh, i've accessed some new areas and i've gotten generally farther i hit my first like hard stop in the game like where i was just getting completely decimated to where i was like okay can't do that right now i need to go level up or i need to go to another place or something i must not be in the right area right now and that's a that's a good feeling that's oh, good. I was gonna say it's good because I know that when you first started the game and I was watching you play, like a lot of people got stumped by that um by that troll, I guess. Or yeah. That, yeah. So like you made it, you know, a little bit further into the game before getting stopped like that. So that's good. Kudos yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Like that. And that's the thing too is that I, I didn't know until after the fact that that people were really getting frustrated with that with that boss. And I mean, you 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 saw like. I died like like four or five times. Like it was, you know, I I died a bit, but like I got past him, and I never felt like, you know, oh this is impossible. Like, but so after the fact, I read it, and and, and people were like, you know, oh man, that chained ogre is is real difficult. Um, yeah, sorry, location spoilers. If you're completely blind, uh, I maybe skip ahead a minute or two. But, um, but yeah, you know, this chained ogre so difficult. He's so hard to beat. Um, but for me, yeah, he wasn't that bad, but there is one 
early-ish boss, um, Lady Butterfly. She is extremely difficult, um, and I, I, I couldn't beat her. So I was like, okay. And I think I was in like one of the options. I'm not sure if it's an optional area or not, but it's like, it seems like you can go to this particular place. It's like called the Hirata Castle, I want to say. And, um, it actually takes place in the past, which is interesting. But then I, I stopped that, that quest line because again, it was too difficult. And I went on the, I kept continuing, uh, down the, the main quest line and, uh, ran to some, some more great enemies, some awesome mini bosses. This game is really good at giving you um, a nice variety of enemies to fight. Um, it doesn't feel like you're just fighting the same guys over and over again. It's something that FromSoft does really, really well. Um, and I have come to really appreciate the sense of progression in the game. Like it is very souls in that in that in the, in, the, in every meaning of that word. Like um, it's more linear, kind of like I was saying last week. Um, everything is more linear in terms of what you're building. You're not specking for anything, you know, outside of like your vitality and strength, really. But, um, but yeah, it's it's great. I'm still loving the game, um, Chris. I really think that you should check this out at some point. Uh, oh no, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> at some point, yes. Um, I mean, I, I have a couple of games in my backlog, so yeah. like once. Once, once we get to that point, I feel like it'll be something that I'll stream. Like, I'd, I'd rather do that. I'll, I'd rather stream that game. Um, yeah. I feel like it'll be entertaining because anybody that's watched the streams before or know me personally, I have something that you call muck luck. <laughs> and it's sometimes, a majority of the time, is a curse. But sometimes, like, the like most magical things can happen. So, yeah, yeah. Like it's in and, and speaking of magical there I I need to talk about this moment like you know it this is a moment that I I I I contemplated you know having to talk about on the show just because like it was such a, a an awesome moment it's one of those souls Miyazaki moments where you just you have to tell someone so again you know if you've fast forwarded to this point you know, it's not, it's like anything story related, just scenario spoilers here, but, um, there's a, a moment where you're, you're, you're traversing down like a, a crevice, like in the, in the actual, like, lay of the land. And, and the screen starts to shake. And I'm like, and you're kind of in a place that's sort of snowing a little bit. So I'm thinking, like, this is happening off screen, like it's an avalanche or something. I'm like, you know, my screen is, like, kind of shaking uncontrollably for, like, a good 15 seconds. And I'm, like, I'm whipping the camera around, like, what's going on? What's happening? I don't see anything. Screen stops shaking. All right. That's weird. I thought maybe maybe I had the camera at a weird place. Maybe it just started bugging out. I, I don't know. I played a lot of Anthem recently. So I don't know. Maybe. Um, and... I keep going. I'm keep. I'm like hopping on the like these tree branches using my grappling hook, and all of a sudden the screen starts to shake again. I'm like, okay, what is that? Is what's happening here? I turn the camera to my back. I don't see anything. Like my character's facing forward. I don't see anything. I whip the camera around. There is a giant snake wrapping its like wrapping its way through the cavern with its mouth open, about to bite me. It literally. Uh, grabs me, flings me off, and I die. It was 
it shocked me. I literally like leapt up because I was not expecting that at all. It was super, it was intense. It was, it was, it was like the perfect souls moment. Like if I had to, to liken it to anything, it was, um, I would say maybe like, maybe like the, um, the, the winter, the winter lanterns from Bloodborne. If you guys know what those are, the, uh, the, the brain, the, the enemies that with the exposed brains that like cause frenzy, uh, seeing them for the first time, it was like that moment. Like it was great. It was great. See, for me, that moment was, I think it's Dark Souls 2 at the very beginning of the game when you're going up some stairs and that boulder rolls down and could kill you. Mm. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. the furthest I made it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah like it, it, it so far, Sekiro has not had a lot of that. It hasn't had a lot of, and that's partially why it surprised me so much is because there hasn't, there's been a lot of moments where, you know, they'll hide enemies around the corners to kind of hit you in a cheap way so that when, if you die through that, like it's a good way for you, the player to, to learn, to memorize, like, okay, I go around this corner, somebody's gonna hit me next time and, and possibly kill me. Like, you, you come prepared. There hasn't been a lot of those moments in Sekiro so far. Uh, I would say very few and far in between, and that was one of them, and I was very appreciative of it because I, I kinda missed them a little bit. But yeah, I still got, have a lot more to play. I look forward to checking back in about this game. Um, but in the meantime, I played more Division, and okay. you did as well, right? Mm-hmm. So I got to World Tier. You and I actually got me through the initial campaign, um, which turns out, you know, spoilers for the campaign of Division. <laughs> it doesn't really matter all that much because <laughs> Black Tusk, it's, the end, yeah. yeah, the in-game bosses or, or enemies, like they take they retake almost everything you've done. Yeah, so it's it's something that like uh it's like a slap in the face for some people. And like it sort of hurts, like especially if you're the type of gamer that will like uh take every capture point and like try and completely, you know, a spoiler alert, like, you know, take every point in the in on the map. Honestly, it's a loot shooter. You should know that end game is what really matters. So everything else Everything else doesn't matter. The points don't matter. Just like whose line is it anyway? Like it just doesn't. Yeah. So, um, if you're just now getting into Division 2, you haven't played it yet, that's a pro tip. Just play what you need to play. Don't, don't try and be a, uh, like a completionist now because it doesn't really matter. Yeah. No, it, it, it doesn't. It absolutely doesn't. That's really great advice, honestly. Um, I am still enjoying myself in the game, man. Like, and, and that's, that's kind of nuts to say. I was playing with one other friend and we were just kind of cruising through. Like nothing was super hard. It still feel, it still feels tactical. Like in the end game, like I'm enjoying my end game weapon. I picked up the sniper rifle, the sharpshooter. Um, like it's, it's fun, man. Like the game is still fun. They, they, they're dropping like new enemies and like abilities are coming out even like from the enemies more fast and fluid. And I'm loving that. Um, and I, I'm still in World Tier One, although I'm about to move up. I think so. I think like yeah. Get- so the, how they um how they sort of like get you through that is like like you said, everything is taking over again, and you're pretty much re- doing the process of 
certain missions in the game are taken over by Black, Black Tusks, so you have to go through those missions again. But then the strongholds that you take over at the end of the quote-unquote campaign, you have to one by one take over those strongholds, and each of those strongholds that you take over, you go up a world tier, and then you have to do some more missions that got taken over, and then after that, you have access to another stronghold. And it keeps going up until world tier 4, which is, as of this recording, the highest. Right. Um, there is a world tier, world tier 5 that's going to release um, once the last stronghold, which is the Black Tusks, their actual stronghold. Um, that should be launching soon, um, which I think is like early April, I believe. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, so, I mean, by the time this recording comes out, it might even be out. Who knows? But um, that's something like right now. I've I still can like level up my um, gear score, but I feel like I'm at a pa- playing at a pace where like I'd rather spend the time getting you guys up there too. Yeah, yeah, and that's cool. I mean, and I know it's a little unfortunate that you have to kind of like go down, I guess, and and loot. No, because what I love about this game is that, granted, I'm doing easier, quote-unquote, easier content. Oh, no, it is easy, because I'm I'm one-shotting people, which, another reason that I love this game is that a lot of loot shooters will, I don't I want to say punish you for being too strong, but they, you, that feeling of being powerful gets lost once all the enemies seem to scale up to you. In this game, like, I could literally, like, pull out a, you know, a DMR and like one shot a couple of enemies in a room and make it pretty easy. So like right. it sort of it feels cool, you know, being that badass uh, yeah. walking into a room. But at the same time, I yeah, I'm getting lower lower leveled gear, but I can recycle it. I can sell it. I can. I'm getting something out of it. So it's not in, in a game like this where I could get materials. Or I could get money for these um you know for these weapons and gear and also. With all these random drops, I can down the road take some good perks from these weapons and gear and re-roll them onto weapons that I want. So hey, listen, no love lost. Like <laughs> I, I enjoy playing this content over, you know, playing it with you. Yeah, I appreciate that, man. Yeah, and, and that's the thing. This game is is best played with with friends. You know, exactly. Like I, you know, I, I I have not. I've yet to actually. That's not true. I think I played solo once, and it was okay. It was. It was okay. It was fine. But I enjoy it so much more when I'm playing with people I know. You get to kind of chat and shoot, shoot the breeze with, with people. Um, and it, it reminds, it gives me that old Destiny feeling. I know you said that before about mm-hmm. Division, um, Division 2 specifically, but like, yeah, it's like that old kind of, um, it's a very social game in that sense. And I appreciate that about it. And so I'm so, so having fun. Selfless plug. Catch us on Facebook Live whenever we're streaming that. We'll do that every now and then on the stream. Mm-hmm. And also join our join our uh, our clan. Should I play that? I think we just have it abbreviated to um S S I P T. Mm, yeah. Mm-hmm. I so, think that's right. So look it up and uh come play with us. For sure. For sure. Alright, Chris, what else have you been playing? Yeah, so you know, Division Two, I feel like I since like I said, I'm doing missions over with you guys to try and get you guys up to World Tier 4. Um, I sort of peeled back off of Division 2 for a little bit and picked up two other games. Well, 
three other games. There's mm-hmm. Night in the Woods that I'm still playing on and off. Like mm-hmm. I said, I sort of use that as like a nightcap. Like I'm in bed, I pull the switch out. Mm-hmm. If I'm not playing Smash Brothers, I'm playing that and it's still like it's a it's a story driven game. Like there's nothing there's nothing wrong with like, you know, kicking the shoes off and playing something relaxing. You don't have to shoot everything in a room. You don't have to, you know, burn countries down or save the world like it's sometimes right. it's cool to just like lay back yeah and that's what i in the woods that's what i'm liking about it yeah um and like i think i picked up some other indie games like the switch is a really good machine for indie games huh who'd have thought who would have huh. thought that yeah like i picked up some other stuff i don't even know what it was it just looked cool and it was on sale um so i'll probably talk about that next week but uh, the two games I've really given, you know, time to, well, one game I've given time to, the other game I haven't, mm-hmm. uh, Elder Scrolls Blades, it's quote unquote in, uh, early access right now. Uh, what's mm-hmm. funny is literally right after we recorded last week, I got the notification on my phone saying, yo, uh, we just downloaded this game to your phone, go play it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what? Word? Elder Scrolls? Mm-hmm. Elder Scrolls Blades? This the, was, the uh, folks, the, this was actually game. a real reaction. <laughs> <laughs> I was, I was like, yeah, I was like, wait, what? I can play this? And it's, it's, yeah. So here's the thing about it. It's playable if you're whitelisted into it, meaning you have to go to the Bethesda website, put in your email address, which hopefully is the same email address that you're using for your iTunes account or you're using for um, your Google Play account. Um, that email address pretty much gets you into the game. If you're not whitelisted, then you're pretty much looking at a screen saying, ha ha, you can't play right now. <laughs> and that's, that's something that a lot of people are like upset about. Um, like, like I said, it's, it's early access. So I feel like they're trying to slowly roll this game out. So it's not getting crashed, which it's not a online game. So I really want to know how, how that gets affected, I guess. I don't know what the, what the rollout plans are with that, but hey, they know what they're doing, I guess. Uh, but my impressions of the game is that it's, it's Elder Scrolls on your phone. Mm-hmm. Who would have, mm-hmm. <laughs> who, who would have thought? Like, yeah. it's, uh, it's nothing crazy. Like you, um, uh, like to attack, you'll, uh, hold the screen and like you have to like, uh, like take, like pull your finger off at the right time to get like a stronger attack. Um, now I've only played a little bit. I've only done like the introductionary, um, like dungeon. So I haven't gotten into any magic yet, mm-hmm. but it's cool. You can either flip the phone to the side, play it in landscape. Mm-hmm. And, um, like you have one finger to be like your movement, other to like sort of look around, mm-hmm. or you can play it in like, uh, in, um, portrait where you could just play with one hand. That's um, kind of cool. That, that's yeah. actually kind of cool. So depending on like the situation where you are, how you're playing it, uh, you can still play the game. And, uh, I did both. Like I was like, I was actually playing in portrait and I was like, oh, this is, it's weird. Like you have to like tap to like move. So it's sort of like if you played any like VR games where instead of like natively moving around, you have to like point to where you want to go. Uh, it doesn't teleport you. Like the character automatically walks where you click. And I was like, okay, that's, you know, not the greatest, but it works. Uh, the fighting, like I said, is still the same where you like you, you put your finger onto the screen, you'll see like a circle. Once the circle hits a point, you could let go, get max damage. And I was like, oh, that's 
okay, that's cool. But then, like, I think I, I don't even know why I put it in land, in, um, in landscape, but like, I just, for some reason, did it, and it swapped over, and the controls swapped over, and I was able to play it that way, and I was like, oh, this is actually pretty cool. Um, and I feel like that's my preferred way of playing the game. Okay. Okay. Nice. But, but I mean, the, the gist of it, it's, um, from, from what I've read, and I think from what they've shown off when they first showed off the game, uh, you're, you're, it's a dungeon crawler for the most part. You're, um, trying to rebuild a town that gets destroyed, you know, in Elder Scrolls fashion, of course. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it's just, I think it's procedurally generated where, like, you're just going through dungeons and, like, trying to, like, you know, loot, get level up, get better gear. Uh, what's weird is that it's still a phone game, so they do the weird thing where if you get a chest, you have to, uh, it's like a timer on it. Like, certain chests will open in, like, four or five seconds, but then the stuff that has better gear in it, you have to wait, like, what, like, five minutes or 30 minutes, like, weird stuff. Mm-hmm. Not too much of a big fan about that, but that's a phone. It's a phone game. I guess they have I, to throw that in. I was just about to say, do you think that has to do with the nature of the platform that it's on? Yeah, they don't want you sitting there playing the game all day. I guess. Right. It, yeah. gives, you, it gives you a reason to like pick it up later on and whatnot. So mm. um, that's just my you know quick you know early impressions on Elder Scrolls Blades. I think it's uh, like I said, it's an early access. Uh, hopefully they will be some depth to the gameplay. Um, I think it's, I, th- I mean, it's, we all, we've always joked about Skyrim being on your phone. Mm-hmm. And this is as close as we're going to get to it, which I feel like at that, like seeing them do this, I honestly, another year, a year or two from here, I wouldn't be surprised if they natively port Skyrim onto your phone. Like, it mm-hmm. could be done. I could see it happening. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean... <sighs> Do you really want to see that? Are you going to sit there and play Skyrim, though, on your phone? Yes, yes, I will. <laughs> okay, all right, enough said. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Chris, what else uh, you been playing? And last up, uh, I think I, I think I talked about it last week, but Far Cry New Dawn. Another Far Cry game. Now tell me more about this. T- tell me what is your experience? Not only what has your experience been like, but did you like the original Far Cry Five? I I've loved every Far Cry game. Right? Okay. So so like I guess this is like my bias showing right now. Like I'm I'm a I'm a fan of the series. Like I really like the open world. I love the um just the just the gameplay loop of like you know taking over like not, like settlements and like just. Just cardinal, just destruction, just shooting things. And lately in these games, they've given you um, like co- like companions, where like if you're not playing a co-op, you can have AI companions. And by far, my favorite companion in these games have been the dogs. Like if you're not playing with the dogs in this game, you're playing it wrong. Okay. Like, you know, don't at me. They, I mean, don't these games typically enable you to have animal friends, like, who help you frequently? Uh, I mean, it's something that they've recently done in the past couple of games. Um, okay. I think they started with Far Cry Primal, and then it became something in Far Cry 5, and then also in this one. 
Oh, I thought for some reason, like in four, you could get like stuff to fight with you. Like you could, like I, I mean, you could, yeah. Because I think even in three, couldn't you like break open cages and like have? Yeah, yeah, you can, yeah. So you could break break open cages and have like those animals like attack people in those camps. Yeah. Uh, but like having like a native like you know AI companion with you. Okay, that's new. That's shoot. Now that I'm thinking about it, yeah, I don't remember it being like something new up until like the like the newer games, like the past like three games. Okay. Um, it might have been something. In, no, I don't think it was something in four either. I think co-op was a big thing in four, mm, and then okay. they added yeah, then they added the AI um companions. Okay. But um, all in all, like if you've if you've liked any of like the if you like Far Cry Five, uh, four, like they've. It's it's one of those like if it's not broke don't fix it type of things. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I'm liking is that um, just the whole like gameplay loop of like the world like being living and like having enemies all over the place, um, having people to rescue, getting uh, I guess upgrade points off of that. Um, that's cool. And one thing that I really like about this game is that they added something called expeditions. Where instead of being locked in the the map that you're on, you're literally doing missions that are in different biomes. So I've done two expeditions so far. I've done one that was in a desert, and then another one that was on an island. And the whole... No, it wasn't even on an island. Was it on an island? I think it was either on an island or... No, I, actually, no, it was on a ship. It was like a, um, like a naval ship that we got flown out to. So, like, there's a helicopter that you get on, and they, he flies you out to these missions. And uh, it's just cool being in a different environment, not being so, landlocked somewhere. Okay, that that was going to be kind of my next question, is, like, how different does it feel from not just Far Cry 5, but, I guess, uh, to the entire franchise? Like that, Because with something like Far Cry uh, 3 Blood Dragon, that, was, that provided yeah. a different so, experience. So it's it's not that drastic. Like okay. these expeditions aren't like that drastic for change, but it's it's a different enough like change where like you're not like the like Far Cry is like it's like this game it's in is in where five was but just like a little different. It's like you know post apocalyptic, but like these expeditions are in like you know like I said a desert or on a naval ship like. You have to go out to these areas, you're picking up a package, and as soon as you pick up the package, there's a GPS on it that will soon alert all the guards that you have it. So you've either alerted them because you just run in and you shoot people, or you can play stealth, pick up the package, and then after like 20 or so seconds, the package will, the GPS will go off, and then enemies will know where you're at. At that point, you're then running to where the pickup spot is, where the helicopter is going to pick you up. So, like, it's a whole, like, you know, pick up the package, run to the extraction point, survive, like, a wave for, like, a minute and a half, and then getting out alive, which uh, is, you know, it's is pretty cool. Uh, they give you the option of if you go back to that area, the enemy reinforces that area. So you'll have stronger enemies, you'll have more enemies, so it adds that, you know, depth to it. Okay. Okay. That, I mean that sounds that that sounds a little better than what I was expecting. So see, and, and that's the thing. Like I, I, and like, and it sort of goes back to what we we're talking about with episode zero with our game of the year picks. 
like everyone has like you know their go to games, and like I don't know what it is about Far Cry, but they they I'm I'm a fan. Like I yeah. I don't when the Far Cry New Dawn went on sale, like mm-hmm. I literally read in comments where people were like, oh, like the twenty dollars it should be cheaper, it should be free. Or there should have been DLC. Like, people were really salty, I guess, about the franchise. And even, like, sort of, like, listening to some reviewers or, like, some people that, like, sort of covered the game. There's some, I guess there's, I guess Far Cry is like that, uh, it's like that franchise that's like a summer action movie where it's like, it's, it's like, it's like a dumb action movie where you sort of turn off your brain and, like, you're just playing it for fun. Not saying right. that I'm turning off my brain because like I this it's weird. This is one of the weird like the games where I'll actually do stealth. I'll get like a bow and arrow and I'll I'll go through a camp and like take people out with a bow and arrow or have my dog run up and stealth kill people. Mm-hmm. And if you guys ever watch the streams or if you guys know me personally, that's not my MO. That's it, never been my MO in these games. But uh, better or worse or equal to the Metal Gear 5 dog. Because that dog was really good. Mm, dang. That was the, that's the best, that dog has the best, like, wow. he literally had like the best killed animation. Like, he was the most satisfying dog partner I've ever had in any game, ever. It's, alright, so. I'll say that it's up there. Um, Do it. Listen, because, and this is, this is rough, but like, the, I feel like when I'm playing the game with this, with the dog, and like I'm sending him out to like, you know, attack people that they do not see him coming, um, he's able to take him down, they're like, yo, this is a dog, what's going on? Help me! And there are other times where like, I guess they'll see him, they'll shoot at him, and I feel bad that he's being shot at. Like, I sent him up against like a, um, a tougher enemy. And, like, the, the enemy, like, literally, like, punched him in the face. And I... Wait, punched the dog? Punched the dog, yeah. Did like you the, did you kill him? Bro, listen, I... That 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 camp literally is still burning right now. <laughs> <laughs> every, like, grenade, every stick of dynamite, every Molotov cocktail that I had, I, I rained hell on that camp. Good. Good, and then you should have just turned around and had your Keeper Sutherland voice and just, <laughs> <laughs> but, just, just said, do it. I've I've done it. <laughs> but yeah, so oh, and one more thing, mm-hmm. you can pet the dog too. Oh, can you pet it? All right, yes. good game. So, right. so like I'll like either the dog will get like a really nice kill, or like I'll set it off to like let it do something. And like after we're done, like I walk up to it and like pet it, and he's happy, That's and I'm good. happy. Good, everyone's happy. Yeah, so I am. I I I guess maybe halfway through the game, so a couple of hours in. Uh, it apparently is not a long game, but it's the type of game that they it throws enough at you where you can pump time into it. Mm-hmm. You can pump a lot of time into it. A lot of the camps you can take over it, but then let the enemy retake it over so that more, like I said, more harder enemies, they show up, but you get more loot for taking it over again. Right. Right. So there's a, there's a lot of, there's a lot of like, you know, re- like, I don't know. It's, it's, it's a weird blend of seeing 
what you would see in either free-to-play games or, like, mobile games where there's sort of, like, not timers, but, like, weird, like, replayable elements in this. Mm-hmm. And, um, of course, you know, there's, like, a, there's, a, there's like, a uh, online, there's a marketplace where you could uh, spend real-world money to, like, upgrade your stats, which is, I haven't found the need to do that yet. I'm just playing the game. But it's it's still weird, and I'm, that's one thing I'm not liking. I hate seeing that in the game that I paid money for. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, if it was free to play, sure. But uh, sort of having that option, like it's it's basically pay to win. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and that's that's a little that's 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 still grinding. That's yeah. my yeah. Yeah, I, I was kind of on board. I was kind of on board for a minute. No, but like I said, like everything I've done, I haven't paid anything besides paying for the game yet. So, like it doesn't force you to do that. Okay. And, and like and like I feel like um getting the skill points, it's something that I haven't felt like I needed to like pump more money into the game. Mm. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. So, yeah, all in all, that's that's what I've been playing this week. Awesome. I can't wait to hear what we're going to be playing next week. <laughs> more of the same. More, more of the two. same. <laughs> yeah. More Division 2. Division 2 will be the new anthem. Oh, wow. Wow. Well, wow. maybe maybe not that bad. Maybe not that bad. Jeez. I, damn. I'd, I'd give it, like, Destiny, not, to, not Anthem. <laughs> anthem? No, no. Yeah. Anthem? <laughs> I knew that's where it was going. All right, <laughs> what's what's on tap for the news? <laughs> All right, so this week, um, another rapid fire news section, uh, and we're gonna start it off this week with the Genesis Mini. Finally, uh, well, I even say finally, like we've had versions of like this, you know, uh, like Mini Genesis type thing where like yeah. it's preloaded. But I guess this is the quote-unquote official version of this. Okay. Um, I, and like I, I don't get it, but we we don't have like a full list of games on it. I hate when they do this. They give like, oh, um, here's like a, a taste of what we're gonna put on it. No, this is a Sega Genesis. This this uh, system has been out for years. There's no real need to like hype up. You know what's going to be on it. It's either going to have these games on it or it's not. Just let us know now. Don't don't hype it up. Uh, what, anyway, what have they announced so far? I'm sure so, what, they, Sonic. Yeah, so they've um, they've announced ten out of the forty games that's going to be on it. Is Echo the Dolphin, Sonic the Hedgehog, Castlevania Bloodlines, Space Harrier Two, Shining Force, Doctor Robotnik's Mean Bean Machine. Ooh. Uh, yeah. Uh, Toe Jam and Earl, Comic Zone, Altered Beast, and Gunstar oh, Heroes. I was just about so, to say, Altered Beast has to be on there. Exactly. So, so I feel like... Wow. So anyways, I feel like uh, it's a solid list to start this off with. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think that is actually a really good list. To be honest, like I, I'm actually kind of interested. Like I, I, I really want to know the price and when this comes out because that's a solid list. Yeah. So, um, the price, it's, it's a, I mean, I don't say it's pricey, but uh, eighty bucks. 
Yeah, that's pricey. So, yeah, that's pretty pricey. Yeah. I mean, I'm thinking of like the NES was like what fifty bucks. Yeah. And this the SNES was like pushing it at seventy, I think. So I want to say it was seventy, right? It, yeah, it was up there. It was more, uh, but I feel like it was more because it came with an extra controller. Oh, uh, yeah, I think it did come with two controllers. So this only comes with one. No, I think this. Um, let me double check. I think this. Uh, it's actually coming with both. Okay. Well, I mean that's smart. That's good. You definitely want that. Um, you, can, you gotta have the that. You gotta have tails. You know, gotta have tails. Um, yeah. I mean, I like I said, I think that that's a really solid list. Gunstar Heroes, great. Ultra Beast is really fun. Sonic, uh, which Sonic by the way? The first one. They only announced the first one. So, so far, they only announced the first one. They like with forty games, they better have Sonic one, two, three, and Sonic three Knuckles. It has to be it. Like, what if, I don't know, would they put three and three and Knuckles in the same package? Would they do that? Would they not just put three and Knuckles in this as one? If you put a fourth Sonic game on there, it's got to be Sonic and Knuckles, because that's an actual different game. See, no, so Sonic 3 is a game, Sonic okay. and Knuckles is a game, but Sonic yeah. 3 Knuckles is, is, is literally... Both games combined into one that thought, tells a full story. Wait, are you sure? Are you? Yeah. Oh yeah, no, I'm positive. I played this game I, numerous times. Uh, my entire worldview m- may have just been upended. Yeah. So, so yeah. Um, so Sonic Sonic Three is the first half of the story. Sonic and Knuckles is the second half. So when you put the Sonic Three into Sonic and Knuckles, you're literally playing Sonic Three into Sonic and Knuckles. I. And then when you do it that, and then when you do it that way, um, uh, you have the ability to get all of the Chaos Emeralds and the Sonic 3 portion. And then once you start Sonic and Knuckles, you could get the Super Emeralds and turn into Hypersonic. Are you sure about this? I am positive. Yo, at me, guys. Anyone that's listening, go ahead and go into the comments. Tell me I'm wrong, please. But yeah, I'm, I'm pretty positive. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and you know what? And you know what? I have a friend that I, 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 I'm pretty sure he listens to the show. And if not, I'm gonna tell him to listen to this episode. But okay. James, James, yeah, I know you're out there. Go ahead in the comments right now and let these people know that I'm right, because he's the only other like, like uh, Mega Sonic fan that I know. I mean, yeah, I, uh, Sonic Three and. Sonic 3 and Knuckles is the full game. It's the game it's, with DLC. Okay, so I... Sonic, oh, okay. Sonic and Knuckles is basically pre-DL... is basically DLC before DLC was a thing. It's physical DLC. I think you're right. I, I think you're right. Yeah. Okay. I think you're right about this. Because I think Sonic and Knuckles came out the same year that Sonic the Hedgehog 3 came out, which would make a lot of sense. Um, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Wow, I that I, wow, I cannot believe, and now it's recorded for posterity purposes. <laughs> so, um, wow, yeah, I always, I you know, for some reason, I always thought that Sonic Three and Knuckles was the expansion to Sonic and Sonic Three. Um, and I guess it kind of is, but isn't at the same time. It's more of like a combination. So, okay, that was why I was confused about that. Okay. Sorry, moving on. Uh, yeah, Genesis is real cool. Um, 
Um, yeah. Uh, and like, like we're saying, a lot of like these initial 10 games that they're showing off, they're solid games. You know, uh, Dr. Robotnik's Mean Bee Machine. Really, like, I, I have vivid memories of this game. I've, I've rem- memories of me playing it and getting frustrated, but still playing it. Mm hmm, mm hmm, mm hmm. Yeah. Uh, Toad Earl, that's a classic. Altered Beast, another classic. Any predictions besides the Sonic franchise? Um, I'll, like, I have a prediction. Uh, Fantasy Star. Yeah, Fantasy, Fantasy Star. Two. It's gotta be. Yeah. It's gotta be on it. Um,. What else? What are we? Uh, Road Rage, uh, Golden Axe, Streets oh, of Rage. Oh my God! Yeah, Golden. Okay, first of all, yeah, Golden Axe definitely Streets of Rage, but Streets of Rage two because that's the best one. Uh, maybe Shinobi. Yes. Uh, yeah, I think that that's all I can really think of in terms of like. Wait, does anyone like Vector Man? Does anyone like it? I was gonna say that was uh that was made by a Sonic Team, wasn't it? Uh, I want to say that is accurate. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, no, um, we, we don't like it. <laughs> All right, fair enough. Not no Vector Man, no Vector Man. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, do you think that they would put Street Fighter on there? Ooh. Do you think they would put Mortal Kombat on there? I think that'd be cool. I think Mortal Kombat what two? I was thinking three. Three? Yeah. I Yeah, three is very good as well. I, I wouldn't mind either of those, to be honest with you. So I mean when you sit back and think about it, you know, Plus. we 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 started off like these ten games and we saw it spitfired like these what we'd hope to see on it. If it has like a majority of these games that we're listing, for, I mean forty games on this thing, eighty bucks, that's actually not bad. It's not it's not the worst. It's not the worst. I, 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 I think anything over sixty, I start like raising my eyebrows. But I mean, oh, anything over sixty, you're honestly paying for the nostalgia of it. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I feel like uh, if we are right and you're actually getting the second controller, and uh, you get like the whole like save, I think you, you're gonna get save states and everything like that. Um. Yeah, uh, I'd, I'd say it's worth it, honestly. Yeah. Did you, I, I didn't, I did not know this until literally this episode, but Sonic 3, I'm just reading that Sonic 3 was also, it was initially designed to have Sonic and Knuckles in the same cartridge. Yeah, I knew that. See, and you know what? I played Sonic 3 and Knuckles on the PC. Oh, so that's why. So that's why it sticks out in my mind in that way because I never I, I played it eventually on the Genesis, but I you know obviously I only played Sonic Three. So, um, but I, I spent the majority of my time with that game on my PC where it was known as Sonic Three and Knuckles because that's where they combined those games. That's you know, if if my memory serves me correct, I think Sonic and Knuckles came out first. Yeah, no, you're right. I believe, I believe. Yeah, that, that's, I, cause yes. I played, I remember playing Sonic and Knuckles first and then like down the road playing Sonic 3. But of yeah. course, not having both at the same time down the road after that, then playing Sonic 3 and Knuckles, it just happened my mind blown. Yeah. Because Sonic and Knuckles, you had to play all the way through. Sonic 3 actually had the save files. Right. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, sh- somebody in the comments tell us we're, how wrong we are, but. Nah, I'm, I'm right. 100% right. Don't at me. You said it. Chris said it, not me. 
not Rod. <laughs> but anyways, you're saying so that's the that's that news bit. Uh, next up, um, and I want to start this off by saying that uh, Paxis came and went. Um, we both, of course, living busy lives, have you know we weren't able to go out there. Um, and Pax, for the most part, it's. It's it's something that down the road I want to check out. Um, Same here. Same here. Um, and it's you know it's a really good expo. They highlight a lot of really good games, and they highlight a lot of indie games. So to do that due di- diligence, like I want to you know sort of research what's come out at PAX or what information or what gameplay videos that we've like you know people put out. Um, and then talk about that and then sort of give our like most hype list. But until we do that, like, I guess we could only really talk about the one main game that sort of come out of PAX East as like being announced and talked about. And that's Borderlands 3, which when you type that into Google, they tell you Borderlands the pre-sequel, but it, <laughs> I'm talking about actual Borderlands 3. Um, that, and it's weird. They, Announced it, finally. We got a trailer for it. And then a couple days, I think about almost a week later, well, about a week and a half, no, like half a week later, Yeah, yeah. they actually gave uh, the release date. So Borderlands 3 is being released on PlayStation 4, Xbox One, and PC on September 13th. Of course, they announced, you know, the different versions. You have, like, the regular Deluxe Edition, Super Deluxe Edition, and then, like, a physical Collector's Edition. Um, but the cool, I don't know how to say cool thing, but the weird thing, I guess, and that some people are mad about, is that on the PC, it is exclusive on the Epic's Game Store. Mm-hmm. For a couple of months. Yeah, which kicks off a, you know, a lovely conversation about, you know, how people hate the Epic Store and how there should only be Steam and yada, yada, yada. Shoot, while you're saying that, let me pull up my Epic Store and see what free game they gave me this month. <laughs> nice, nice segue. <laughs> Shots fired. Shots yeah. fired. But uh, let's talk about Borderlands C for a quick second. What do you think? So we sort of touched upon it with the announcement, like that teaser that came out a couple weeks back. Um, you know, it it's fine. It's fine. Borderlands is fine. Um, I am not a huge Gearbox humor fan, and this the, the border, Borderlands has like this sort of irreverent humor that you either kind of like you're into or you're not, and I'm not super into it. But oh Jesus, I think I just saw our subscriber count just go down. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Like it's it's fine. I don't think it's awful. I don't think it's bad. Like it's just I don't know. Like the trailer is it's cute. It's like the, the the trailer for Borderlands 3 was cute with like, you know, a billion guns and it's like dubstep and like all this other maybe it, it's probably not actually dubstep, but yeah, you know, it's very like no, I'm I'm pretty sure dubstep. No. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, you know, it's just a prerequisite gearbox thing you know it's like borderlands like i feel like there's a whole thing online where people are disappointed in the trailer really yeah it, it's, oh, it's a whole it's a whole it, thing out there in, where people, in, in what way like and people were expecting more which 
sort of leads into like what we talk about all the time about like the whole like being too hyped for something. Um, they're like, as soon as like, I want to say like a couple of hours, not even a couple of hours, maybe like an hour or so after the trailer was, uh, you know, released, I saw a couple of like reaction videos or like articles saying like, Oh, surprise, surprise, Borderlands three is coming out and I'm not excited. I'm like, well, I mean, that's a weird way. That's a weird title for your article, but you know, weird flex. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it's just strange to me because, I mean, that trailer just exudes Borderlands. Like, there's a bunch of shots of characters doing, like, you know, crazy things. Like, they're giving each other, like, the wiggly fingers and, like, thumbs up and all. And, like, the cover is, which I don't actually think is going. I would be very shocked if, like, the the ending shot is, like, the actual cover of the game. I would be shocked if they released that in America like that. Um, I think they should just because it's hilarious, but it's like, uh, the, one of the Borderlands guys is dressed up like as Jesus, basically. Hmm. Um, it's, it's pretty clever, but uh, yeah, but I mean, you know, it's, it's a lot of that. So I, when you watch that trailer, I just don't get like, it's a reverent humor and it's a bunch of guns. It's a lot, it's lots of loot and shooting things. I don't see like how people are not excited for that like if you like the other borderlands games like how do you feel about that because you're you're much bigger borderlands fan than me i i i know how to temper my hype so (laughs) i know when i'm is that the key is that is that your secret captain no no seriously like i i i know what i'm getting myself into so uh i feel like with this day and age with the amount of loot shooters that we have out, I want to see how they differentiate themselves from, you know, Destiny, from Division. Like, granted, I feel like they're wildly different on the spectrum of loot shooters. Like, um, Borderlands just, it's, it's, it's not as, oh, I don't know. I feel like when you then look at it that way, yeah, they're different. But I want to see, I want to see how Borderlands 3 will get me to keep playing after I finish the campaign. That's the main reason. That's the main thing. I want to see why, why, like, what's the reason to keep playing? I want to see what that, I want, it's weird saying this for Borderlands, but I want to see what the end game is for Borderlands 3. Has the end game ever been a problem in the Borderlands franchise? I, I guess I'm a filthy casual. Like, I go through the, I just go through the main campaign and if I have friends to play the DLC with, I'll play the DLCs, but that's 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 the thing, really. That's it. Yeah, I mean, Borderlands was kind of like the I don't know, I'm not going to say the OG, but obviously it was like something like Diablo. But like in terms of the loot shooter genre, I kind of consider oh, it. Oh yeah, I, I consider that. Yeah, I consider it like the granddaddy of of that anyway. Um, so I think it's I, I think it's cool that. You know, there it, it's coming out um, finally, and and people are gonna be able to enjoy it, and we'll see if it, they're able to evolve, um, kind of in, in the same way that they were able to innovate. Like I'm, I'm, I am curious about that, and it might be something I'm, you know, will will check out, you know, down the road. So, All right. yeah. So, uh, next up, next two news bits. It's on you. What we got? Next two news bits. It is on me, and that's uh, exciting. But first of all, we have the we have Switch leaks that came out. So our good pal Wario64 on Twitter, he actually was able to reveal that uh, there were a lot of 
listings that got accidentally listed on Best Buy. Not the first time that this has happened at Best Buy or other retailers. But um, it's notable here because some of the games are games that we've kind of talked about before that have, you know, about being uh, – about coming out for the Switch. So Uh, wait, I was going to say let's start this off. Who – for the people that don't know, who is Wario 64? Wario 64 is an enigma. Okay, this guy, we really, I mean, truly that, that question has layers <laughs> because, <laughs> because we truly don't know, like, you know, what this guy's actual name is, but, but he, he's got kind of a claim to fame because he was a really, um, I, I want to say, like, he, he was a really famous, I think he was, a he leaked things on NeoGAF back when that was a thing. Um, he worked, he went to work at a cheap ass gamer for a long time. Um, and I might, he might still be affiliated with them. I'm not totally sure, but, um, you know, he served as kind of an arbiter of like news firsthand. He's always the first to tweet something every single time. It never fails. Like if you want any sort of gaming aggregate, like, you know, uh, major news or like, cheap sales like huge deep discounts or something like that like he is the person to follow um that's that's kind of his claim to fame um and so with this best buy leak he kind of revealed that you know hey they listed a bunch of switch games on the best buy site and one of and one of those games was uh persona 5 and that was something that has been rumored for a while and something that people expected to hear this week when they revealed the Persona 5 R game, which is like Persona 5 Royal, I believe that's called. Um, it's an expansion of the original Persona 5 game. It's unclear, I believe, if this is going to be the Royal version. Um, I'm not positive, actually. But I feel like the, the writing's in the, is this the, is the quote, the writing's in the sand. Yeah. Writings in the sand. We yeah, have, let's just say that, yeah. <laughs> listen, we have that, you know, that, that, that's, you know, I, I fucking hate athletes for doing this all the time, but an announcement for an announcement for an announcement. Yeah. For an, it's, another it's, announcement. Like that, yeah. like, and this, these announcements have started back all the way, like, since, like, before the new year. I think, like, since, like, December of announcements for announcements. Right. But, if you want to like connect the dots and everything like that, we have Joker being released on Smash Brothers this month. Mm-hmm. Enough said, right there. Case closed. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's that's good enough reason to like see that. You know, I don't see Nintendo adding Joker as a character if he's not going to be on the Switch. Yeah, and that's kind of where a lot of people were coming from on this. Is that like, hey, that's kind of a huge like you know indicator that something is going on there i would have to imagine they won't just release the old person like the original vanilla persona 5 like it's got if they're coming out with a a remastered version similar to what they did with persona 4 golden like it's got to be the new one right like you would think um so one of the other really exciting games to come out uh for that is is the metroid prime trilogy which is something that jason schreier over at kotaku will talk more about him later but uh he he's been talking about this for a year or two now maybe a couple years now um he's been saying that this thing is coming out uh the leak indicates that he was right that this trilogy is coming out it was for the they actually did this for the wii or wii u was it i don't remember which one i think it was the the wii Wii. Yeah. yeah um and i actually bought that like physically and i still have it which might be worth a lot of money nowadays but um but 
that's exciting because I like those games. And um, despite having owned the, that trilogy, I never played the third one. So I would be interested in doing so. And another game. This is one that is perhaps maybe the most exciting because we don't really know what this is exactly. But there was a listing for Link to the Past. Um, you know, the Zelda game, if I had to spell that up for you. Um, but we don't know if this is just a simple port. It was a, I believe this is a physical listing. So we don't know if it's some sort of remaster, remake, or port. We know that they're doing Link's Awakening. Could they be, could Nintendo be doing the similar, giving a similar treatment to Link to the Past? That would be Wow, I'm an idiot. This whole time I was about to like, you know, push up my glasses and correct you. I was like, but they did announce this on a Nintendo Direct. Wow, they did announce the Link's Awakening this whole time. Yeah. Damn, I am stupid. Yo. Well, wow. So we, yeah, we both had moments this episode. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so it, it's it was really interesting. I, the, these leaks were. Uh, I, I feel like, and normally we've talked about how we feel about you know discussing leaks and things like that before. I have fair confidence that that these are actually happening because there's reason to believe that they would be outside of the link to the past thing is like completely out of left field, but. Given what we just know about Link's Awakening, like, I think there might be a precedent for something like this. Um, and because we got Breath of the Wild so early, if we get another Zelda game, like original Zelda game, it, number one, I don't think it'll be for a while. Number two, it would have to, I don't think it will be akin to a Breath of the Wild. I think that it will be like a sequel to that, building off that game, like an expansion of sorts. I don't know if we'll see a game of that scope and scale, like on the Switch. I hope I'm wrong, but, I I don't know. Um so it makes sense that to fill in that 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 Zelda filled hole like in our Nintendo lives like you know we would get these kind of uh upgraded remakes of these classic games. So this makes sense to me. How about and you? All, and, and they're all great games. Like mm-hmm. I but here's the question. Mm-hmm. Would you pay $60 for these games again not persona unless it was like significant just because persona is such a big time sink like that was 110 hours like i don't know if i could do that again um metroid prime trilogy mm, hard ask but maybe maybe and link to the past if it's 60 dollars, it's got to be an upgraded version and i would pay for that i feel like I would pick up all of them. Now, except for Link to the Past, Link to the Past would have to be an upgraded version. If it's just like a a port, then that'd be a that that'll be like a down the road type of thing for me. But there's I, no way they sell that for sixty bucks. Like just a straight up port, like forty probably. No, no. Here's the, here's the thing. Well, no, yeah. If it's I a mean, port, if it's a port, I can see it being anywhere between thirty to forty dollars. But if it's anything that we've uh, we've gotten, like what they did with like, hey, you Pikachu, where it's like a like a, a new fresh you know coat of paint with some additions to it, because they they charge sixty bucks for that game. Yeah, and I played the shit out of it. So yeah, so yeah. it we it, once again, it's a rumor. We just have to see. That's where I really want to leave it at that with that one. But Metroid Prime Three, or not three, but the trilogy, uh, sixty bucks, three games. I'm sold. 
Yeah. And then with Persona 5, I, you're right. It's, it's, it's a huge time sink. But once again, I was a filthy casual and didn't finish it. And I, you know, so going through some stuff, but whatever. But I will totally re, re buy that game. I'll buy it for the new content. And I'm, it's Persona. I love the music. I love the soundtrack. Just plug it in, man. I'm in. Right, right. Well, I guess we'll have to see. And the last bit of news that I want to bring up just very briefly here, um, some updated and sad news about, um, about Drive Club. So there was a notice that went up. Um, a, a few days ago, actually, as of this recording, and uh, it's about how Sony is shutting down the online servers for Drive Club, Drive Club VR, and Drive Club Bikes. Um, they will actually cease sales of this game entirely, I want to say, on um, August 31st, 2019. Um, that is really sad just by itself. I mean, they'll, they're, they're, they're not selling it at all. Um that includes DLC, season passes, all that stuff. So, you know, that's... Yo, where's my bottle at? I got to pull one out for her, for Drive Club. Like, Drive Club has been the real one. Like, that's... Yeah. That's that's literally been, like, a franchise that I feel like it's, uh... I just want to say... I want to say overlooked on the system. Now, granted, they made great strides, like, over time, adding stuff to it. Um, a huge update where they added all the weather effects into the game, made it beautiful. Um, it's a beautiful and game. then, and then also just the whole VR aspect to it. Like I, I want to say I pumped out like a bunch of hours into the VR version, mm-hmm. and it's and it's weird. Like it's the type of game that I would pump time into. Like I would jump in, do do like a couple tracks, and then just jump out. Like it was my like hop in and go game. Yeah. So it's re- it's sad to see that they're doing that. Yeah, and then it's also like lead. It sort of like looks to like what we talked about last week with uh the with Google and their uh, Stadia with the whole like the whole all digital future. Yeah, so that kind of rolls into what I was you know I wanted to mention really quickly is that not only are they ceasing to sell the game on that date, they are shutting down the online servers March thirty first, twenty twenty. Um, so you can't. You won't be able to use your season pass. You online. Um, you there. You can't use your club because that's online. Um, no tours online. No online multiplayer. No challenges. You can't make your own events. There's no leaderboards, stats, player progress. Nothing like that. None of that is it can happen after March 31, 2020. Um, what you can do is you can play the game offline. So if, if you if you're a huge fan, you want to collect the game. Um, I would do so before August, uh, the end of August, and uh, and, and ex- preserve your experience that way. What you're saying, I kind of want to get into um, about preservation, digital preservation, I think is one of the reasons why people really value PC gaming and something like Steam. Um, even though I'm not going to, you know, Steam can have its problems too, but I think in terms of consoles, there's just no telling. This game came out in 2014. There are games from 2008, 2009 you could still play online. Um, you, it, it's, it, and it's tough to say. Like, if this game was super successful, would they be shutting it down? I doubt it. I don't think so. Drive Club was never something that really fired the like fired up the charts. 
Um, so I think the fact that, you know, uh, Sony seems to be doing this mercy killing is very, it's very sad. And it's a very, it's a very, um, telling reminder, like what you're saying about our all digital future. And I think that's something I've, I have preached in private and on air in various other episodes of this, in iterations of this show. Um, you know, I don't want to over dramatize it, but it's something that, that concerns me greatly. It's something, it's a reason why I, I buy physical when I can. I mean, even though we seem to be sliding down, you know, this rabbit hole of like, you know, everything is online anyway, even if you buy the disc, the disc is just the key basically. Um, you know, it's really sad to me. Yeah. Um, and I, and I've been like all for, digital like since the jump so it it's sort of like a you know stabbing the back it really yeah. is like it, it it hurts for me because like it's not something that like like you said like drive club was never like the system seller for anybody but it's a start it's a start to like what like what's to stop you know a company like ea to you know like mass effect andromeda was like horrible What's to stop them from pulling like all the Mass Effect games offline? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's what every time you play anything online, you're you've implicitly signed their you know terms of service, which usually has some sort of information saying we can pull this at any time. You exactly. don't you don't really own this. <laughs> um, so you know you own the right to play this for as long as we allow you to. And that's pretty much it. Uh, so on that lovely note, we're going to descend into even more depressing news um, very quickly. Uh, depressing or more of a uh, uh, I told you so, you know, trot all over the room like I. So, yeah, do you want to introduce do you want to just go, go ahead and introduce this? Because I definitely have a lot to say, not necessarily just about this topic, but just kind of in general. So I'll go, yeah, I'll introduce. This topic because I've I've yet to fully go through this whole article, but like the whole like conversation has been something that we've started not only on the show, but we've started this conversation in our live streams. We've talked about this off air. So once again, I'll pull back even more. I know we've said that we will not talk about Anthem on this podcast anymore. I lied. Here we go. We're talking about Anthem one more time. <laughs> just, just when I'm when I'm out, they pull me back in. <laughs> what's what's that meme? It's like uh, uh the stop, stop, it's already dead. It is already dead. Maybe maybe if this article is any indication it was dead before it arrived. Yeah, so um, Jason Schreier, man, like this man knows how to do do like give like a deep dive, like an editorial piece. Yeah, on... definitely, definitely shout outs to him at the top of this whole thing. Because like and like you know, and it was funny is that uh, if you if you were to talk about Kotaku like a, a decade ago, shoot, even five years ago, you could sort of get, put it off as like a. Oh, it's just a blog website. They do a bunch of like, I don't say pointless articles, but like, 
it, it wasn't it wasn't really looked up on as like it is now, at least with what Jason Schreier puts out. Like I, when you when you talk about a gaming journalist, like this is this is the guy that you you that comes to mind. Like, yeah, he's got it, a fantastic book out right now that everyone should read. Oh, wait, you mean the, this book uh, talking about how <laughs> Fireware's no. Fire Anthem went wrong? Well, he no, has actual, no. Well, he has an actual book? No, yeah, he has an actual book. Uh, have you have you really not heard of it yet? Uh, no, I haven't. So that. Oh, yeah. Um, just really quick. Uh, side note. Yeah, he's got a he's got a book called um, <laughs> excuse me. Um, called Blood, Sweat, and Pixels, and it's about it's it's literally about situations like this with game studios attempting to make these super expensive games and the trials and tribulations. Excuse me. The trials and tribulations that they experience while doing so. Alright, yeah, I'm looking that up because I have a trip I'm going on, so I am totally gonna read this. Yeah, you could, yeah, read it. It's an audiobook form too. We are literally not sponsored in any way by like Kotaku or any, any of that, like, but I, I just think it's awesome that like, you know, he's, he's really done good work. Um, and I, implore anyone interested in gaming to it, like it, or even the, the 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 business side of it as well i mean it's entertaining it's written in a way that like even if you know nothing about the actual industry itself proper like he does a really good job of laying everything down because i'm not a, i'm not a developer i'm not like you know in tune with a lot of that stuff but um but he goes into what it takes to make these games and it is heartbreaking a lot of times like i mean it's not i wouldn't say it's a sad read necessarily but it's i would say it's eye-opening okay so yeah that's definitely on the list of things to read over this uh over this weekend so anyways going back to what we're talking about like you said shout out to jason schreier um he put out a uh a piece on once again called it i told you so i am the type i love it i cherish it like, I'm sorry, I'm going to drag this out just for a little bit longer. I'm sorry. But when Anthem came out, we said, or I, I, don't, I think I brought this up. I'm sorry, I'm really building this up right now. Where the game just didn't feel right. There was something missing. It felt empty. Something didn't feel right. Just something was wrong. And I was like, you know what? I sort of see through the smoke and mirrors. I'm pretty sure that a couple months from now, Jason Schreier will put out a piece about what went wrong with the development of you this game. You did say this. You actually did say that. Yes. And when that happens, we will talk about it. And I will say... I the day has come. <laughs> this day has come. Listen. Listen. Hey, we, one might say there are those who said this day would never come. What are they to say now? Exactly. Listen, I I I haven't even read the whole thing yet, but I'm still like, like just I read most of it, but I read the I whole thing. Right. There there I is was... someone who read the whole thing, just so people know. <laughs> Listen, I told you so, and that's where I want to pass the <laughs> pass the mic to you. Wow. So very, we're... <laughs> very petty, sir. <laughs> um, but seriously though, like I mean. So I, I'm of several minds about this. There, and, I, and I'm I'm going to be as serious as possible when I talk about this because I think there's a lot of 
things on this um and this might be a longer episode than than normal so i i do apologize about that but um but i'm okay let me tell you what i'm not interested in what i'm not interested in is and i remain and i've said this before i've said this on the show a number of times um i may have said it to you in private once or twice but what i'm not interested in doing is grave dancing uh, like over Anthem. I'm not interested in like, you know, it, we know that the game is not good. Like we, we, we know that it's not a complete game. In fact, he, Jason Trier uses a term that I, I said on this show, I, I literally said the first, I think it was the first time we ever talked about Anthem, which I think was episode two, if I remember correctly, when I said, I literally told you that anthem felt half baked i i literally said that um and try to go into detail about how, how all the all the ways that it, it anthem didn't feel like you said it didn't feel complete it didn't feel it felt like they the developers hadn't thought through any of the decisions that they were making we we said all of this and it, i mean it's not like it was just you and me like we're like nostradamus over here or anything but like but you know, we said these things, you know, like we've gone into great lengths and great detail. Uh, you know, we've spent hours talking about a game we don't like, you know, we know that it's not good. So I'm not interested in, in and I'm not I'm speaking for myself personally. I'm just not interested in like, you know, shitting all over a game that we've shit all over already. Right. However, that being said, I think this warrants serious discussion. I think it's worth pulling back. Like, you know, we're both kind of sick of talking about this game at this point. However, but this, there's so much going on here. There's so much told in this story that Jason Schreier has so explosively (laughs) written about. Like, we have to talk about some of this. We have to. Um, and I think it starts with, it, it, I think this conversation has got to start with the developers themselves. Like, in, and, and I mean, and I mean, the, the guys, the, the guys and girls with their boots on the ground, um, you know, creating the game. We said also in this show, and I mean, Chris interjects like at any point, you know, if you have something that you want to add, uh, but we've said that it's difficult to make a game, right? Yes. Like it, yeah. it, it's not easy to to do this. So like, we don't take, and I think I can I can speak for both of us when I say we don't take pleasure and joy in playing bad things. Like we don't want to play bad things. We want everything to be good. Like that's just not something that we like to do. And we've said on the show before with this game specifically that we know it something had something had to have been going on something um because games just don't come out this way because there's too much talent um nowadays uh especially at a company like bioware even if they're not the same company that they once were there's just there's 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 just too much there's there's too much um and i think reading a lot of the excerpts about people having um stress vacations or need or excuse me not having needing 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 exactly 
needing stress vacations, needing direction in their work, needing actual leadership, needing uh, a, a place where they felt, uh, you know, no tension, a place where they felt uh, between studios, because there's a bit, there's a large, a large bit in here where they, uh, they talk about how Bioware Edmonton team. Yeah. The whole A team, B team, C team, like as much as people joke about that, they actually like as a company believed it. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. And, and how sad is that? I, you know, I, I work in my personal life. I work at a company that acquired other companies. Like I'm a part of the parent company and we have, now we have two other, we have a few other offices like around the country and, and there can't be a, there, there can't be a, an A, B, C team. There, there can't. You have to be as one team. One team. Yeah, exactly. You have to be as one team. That's not what happened here. You've got Bioware Edmonton, which is like top dog original Bioware, and you've got Bioware Austin, Texas, and you know they're not feeling like their feedback is going into Edmonton. There's even a bit towards the end when the game is is out and they're doing post mortem and they're saying like. Everything that the critics and 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 players are saying about this game, we gave that feedback to them. Like when this game released, or before this game released, in the 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 production phase, but we were ignored. Um, our our uh, none of the leadership can make decisions. That's completely asinine. Can we can we talk just for a, a brief moment about how much of the game that we spoke about, like, let's talk about the launch bay, for example. This is one of the things that blew my mind, not just because of how it came about, but because when we spoke about it, like, you, like you said earlier, we knew something was wrong and fishy and tacked together, like, you know, like stitched together with, with yarn. It was the, the, the launch bay was made by a completely separate team not edmonton not austin it was a completely different branch of uh yeah i want to say it was um might be ea motive i'll i'll fact check that but it was a completely different team that made that and that was like with a month or so before the game launch or something they were like oh shit we need a place where we have like people can look at their cosmetics because we don't have a place where players can look at themselves so they just stitched together this area, this launch bay area, because I remember you and I, you and I, we were in there going, what's the function of this? What is the actual purpose? Like, there well, is none. I mean, I feel like even before we could even set that up, mm-hmm. um, there's more or less like what, how we even got to that point. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the, the biggest travesty that's happened to this company, not only this game, but this company is that the, the stem of Everything comes down to the leadership when they like. All right. So we've talked about how this game has been in development for six years. Right. In actuality, them like actually putting things together. Well, not I guess I'm not saying putting things together, but like physically making the game. That has only been the last 18 months. Insane. 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 
insane. So, so like I understand like when you're when you're making something, and like even when it comes down to us like making this podcast, doing all of this like social media stuff, like there's there are different phases. There's like I understand having to make a plan. And like this is just me being like just like a you know the the leader that I am, the manager that I am, like the how I function. You have to have a game plan. You have to have like steps that like will set up that game plan and like how you get to execute the game plan. That's something that they literally could not agree on. They uh, had an idea of what they wanted to do, but then didn't lay down the foundation of how to get there. So just in numerous places in, like, what I've read of the article, like, the whole thing that we've loved about the game was literally thrown in halfway through the actual development of the game. It was it was tossed in because the one of the executives of EA thought that a demo that uh, the game was boring because it was on the ground. The flying, the flying yeah. portion that we loved so much was tacked on because... It's not. So, it, it wasn't. Some, it was something that they had to throw in, really. Well, something that like they. Well, I mean, and that's kind of the thing with the article is that like they were saying that there were multiple points where it was like it it was in and then it was out and then it was in and then it was out. The only reason it stayed in was because uh, Peter Sonderland, I believe that's his name, the 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 CEO over at uh, EA, he he wanted it to be different. It was they had to impress. So let's let's go over that story for a moment because that to me is maybe the second most mind-blowing thing of this whole this whole story like i'm shaking it so insane like how this all happened so so yeah so um uh, the backstory behind this is that uh is it is it ea or is it bioware that has a tradition of making a demo bioware for christmas bioware so bioware they have a tradition where they i guess whatever big game that they're working on they create a demo that all the employees get to take over Christmas break and play. So at this point of development into uh, Anthem, which at this point wasn't even called Anthem, it was called Dylan, as in like Bob Dylan. Mm-hmm. Um, at this point, uh, it was like you said, it was gone. It, it was going through so many changes that they didn't know whether or not they were gonna keep the flying, or they were, or they were just gonna, uh, or they were gonna add it on. So what they said was they they made a quick demo of it just being like on not on rails, but like on the ground. Oh, Patrick. I'm, I'm sorry. Excuse me. I'm sorry. Uh, I said Peter so- Soderlund. It's Patrick Soderlund. Sorry about that. So yeah. So this demo that they create, it's uh, they strip everything down, and you. I think it's them. Basically, you're basically uh, fighting on a farm or something like that. And uh, like all in all, the demo was boring. Like it, you know, and like and, and if it's from what we already know about the game and what they say in this article. Like, the gunplay of Anthem is trash. So if the demo was just the gunplay, I could see how a CEO of the company is like, yo, what is this? What are you showing in front of me? Yeah. I mean, it, the the fact that they constructed this whole thing just to impress them because they didn't know. They didn't know if they were going to get canned. They've spent five years up to this point four and a half five years up to, up to this point with no discernible game at all like i mean it's they they're they're not in production mode at all patrick sunderland is like you know yo we are going 
you need we need to deliver you need to deliver something like right now like i need i am literally going to your office right now and they were like they decided you know like we we're saying like they decided hey the flying's cool that what that's what differentiates us from the pack put it in he plays it and is amazed he's amazed at the same thing that everybody else was when they saw that e3 demo which and we haven't and let's go ahead go ahead and bring up the whole e3 demo which <laughs> Um, can I say, can I say E3 video because it's not yeah. really a demo? Right, exactly. Exa- which a lot of people, including myself, you know, and I'm sure you did as well, like you were saying, this isn't, there's no way, like maybe this is like a proof of concept of like, we'll actually be doing this, but there's no way this game looks like that. There's no way. There's no way in hell this game looks like that because it looks, number one, too good. Uh, number two, all the systems were so seamless. It was like, this would be a. It looked like a next gen game. I was shocked to hear that it was coming to current gen. I was like, if it comes to current gen, it will have significant limitations. It's not gonna look like this. Something's gonna give. Um, but the fact that the demo that we saw at E3, which you said, you know, correctly, video, this this demo video that we saw, this real essentially, um, is very very similar to what uh the EA CEO saw when he was impressed and said like give me this game they hadn't made a single mission yet at all they that, they ju- they had just changed the name to from beyond to anthem like days before or something um which which is in in nuts and like the whole name chain in itself is i don't want to say hilarious but it's it's something it's it's something where like even people in the company were scratching their heads saying yeah. what's it, I want to say when we when uh when I first started streaming the game I was like Anthem like what's Anthem like what why is it called Anthem I, like if you're creating the game and that's what you're saying right that's not a good look yeah no it's 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 absolutely not it's absolutely not um and. You know, um, there are so many more details. I highly, highly, highly recommend everybody. It's really long. Please go read this piece. I don't want to just regurgitate all of it, but I do want to say that game developers need to unionize. It it absolutely has to happen. One of the most important things I took up front from this, this piece is that game industry, uh, conditions for AAA titles um especially are so terrible a lot of times um i i don't know if it's at every single company um but a lot of the big ones honestly look at yeah. no seriously like peel like step back and let's mm-hmm. look at red dead mm-hmm. let's look oh, at yeah. let's look at rockstar the yeah. stories that we hear about that let's mm-hmm. step back even more let's look at another great game let's look at the witcher 3 Another great game that people just loved, but when you go back and you look at how these developers were treated, the amount of hours that they had to put into, mm-hmm. it's it's honestly it's it's literally like looking into a mirror of like like I've I've had shitty managers before, mm-hmm. and I'm sure you've had shitty managers before. Every, I mean, I'm pretty sure anyone that's listening to this right now, you've right. had a shitty manager before. So we all have something that you know, could tie us together to feel for these guys. Yeah. Like it's never easy working for bad for bad management. Like you really can't go anywhere with bad management. So yeah. to hear that uh Bioware for so long 
has like put out games and like honestly like what was sort of put it together for me was when they were talking about um Dragon Age Inquisition and how that game wasn't supposed to be yeah. a game of the year. They, they wanted it to fail. They wanted it to fail, fail because of just everything that just went so wrong with the game. Like literally think of everything that could go wrong in like a project that you're working on and then in the midnight hour everything just happens to course correct and then just fix itself. Yeah. I mean they 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 have leadership who are literally literally gaslighting their own employees by saying like oh don't worry it'll all come together with our bioware magic like and just throwing their hands up in there and saying well you know i i don't know we'll figure it out some kind of way uh, you know everything will be fine like so and that and that's just a telltale sign of just horrible leadership is yeah. that you you feel that you can pump the gas so high that it'll eventually like you know, it, it you know, it's, it's like the expression of like making a diamond. You could put so much pressure into a coal that it'll eventually turn into a diamond. Like this bullshit. Like you can't do that with, you know, your workers. Like you can't, I feel like there's a right way and a wrong way of creating a product. And like if you, uh, I don't know. I love speaking like metaphors and like giving examples of things, but if you, you could pull up a video right now of like an artist saying like he has three pictures he has a picture that he has 10 minutes to work on and then he has the same picture that he has one minute to work on and then the last picture is the same picture but he only has 10 seconds to work on that picture that you have that you're only working on for 10 seconds that's literally what bioware has been dealing with the last couple of games that they've put out is that they have a whole full game that they have to work on but they're only having like the time to really work on it in the you know at the very end, mm-hmm. and yeah, it's only so. It's, it, honestly, I am surprised that it took this long to get to where you know where it is now. Uh, we were both, we we're all saying that yo Anthem's not look, really looking good. I'm worried for Bioware. Like now that the you know that it's put out there that this is what they've been going through um i mean it makes everything make sense it makes, it makes it, sense it makes every damn thing in that game make sense and like it's it's almost it's upsetting like i mean yes like is it like a you know vindicated moment of like you know yeah well we've been saying it yes of course like no no no, no. It's, it's more or less like it's it's everything like everything makes sense but like my heart goes out to these guys that you know, at the end of the day, especially with this type of press going on, it's not looking too hot for Bioware. Like it, uh, and I, and, and like I, like I said, we don't want to like, you know, shoot them while they're down or anything like that. But I mean, you've seen a lot of like ex employees like speak out and like I hope that, you know, these ex employees, they found new, you know, jobs, people that are still there. Like I hope that they can, you know, they could be put in better positions. Like that's what I'm hoping for right now is because you want to like when you're in an environment like that, you have to find a way out. You cannot stay there. Yeah. And I mean, and that's the thing too, is it's like, it's like you can't stay there. I agree with you. And I also think that in addition to that, like, like that several people in this, in this piece said, like you, the game industry standards have to change at some point. Something's got to give. 
you you gotta change how you do things and 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 just to to take a a, a pair just to paraphrase what the, one of the employees said like the old way of making games like this it doesn't work anymore and this uh mass effect andromeda was made similarly what look what happened uh anthem was made similarly look what happened does bioware have to 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 eat the brunt of that because be, because leadership was poor game the 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 working conditions were awful like they shouldn't like i mean the people the innocents caught in the crossfire shouldn't have to and and that's why i call for them to unionize and i mean i'm, I'm you know i'm obviously not a developer but I mean, but other developers have been saying this for years, like that things need to change. And I hope that this is, I hate that this has to ha- that, that this has to happen. If there's a silver lining in the story anywhere, it's that we get something out of it like that. Like we get more, we do get a union. We do get better conditions. Hopefully, uh, they integrate some sort of change within the system. Um, you know, there was some hope given at the very end of this article about um, how they're trying to implement um, what was it something like uh, a new technology uh, mandate or something. So like a new technology strategy where like they they don't have to start the engine from scratch anymore. And that's something that I wanted to bring up. Like I I did not know how hard it was to make games on the Frostbite engine. Like, we always give the Frostbite engine its props and how well it looks, how, like, it makes the games look really good. Right. But, like, that's all smoke and mirrors. Like... It's, and some of that has to... Yo, go ahead. I was gonna say, for, like, from what they said, for what was said in this article, like, I'd rather, you know, have a game that works than a game that looks well. And that's what they were pushing for. They were pushing for stuff that looks really good, but like if they were trying to fix a, they were saying this: if they had a bug that they that needed to be fixed, it was easier to cover up the bug than it was to actually fix the bug. So, the, and and it seems like what they were trying, what what um, it seemed like they were trying to communicate as well was that it wasn't just that. The engine was difficult to work with. It's that it, it might have it might have been that, but I also think that part a large part of it was that they were trying to make something. They were trying to make the engine do something that it was not initially designed to do. The Frostbite yes. en- the, the Frostbite engine was made for battlefield games, first person shooters. Um, it was not made for third person fantasy kind of action loot shooter games. Like it wasn't made for that and and they take great links in the article to actually say that hey we couldn't like i mean you're loading it or your your example is is great there's also another great one where they were like we were too busy we literally didn't even know how to shorten load times like in this engine like the like we didn't we didn't have certain aspects like we we didn't have a proper save function in this like in this engine because battlefield doesn't use that dice didn't use that so they didn't they didn't need to so they couldn't just they had to make that stuff from scratch and that to me is the is like the third most mind-blowing thing in this article to me um because like you it didn't occur to me at the time like i knew i i knew i'm familiar enough with engines to know like hey this was created for this franchise but i didn't know that 
like the extent of the, of the difficulty uh, that that was being faced with with this engine for this game. And I think that's kind of a large part of it too. Um, I, I like what you were saying about you know you brought up the the fact that you know they had to get help from other teams and it took them a long time to get help for like a particular engine. At some point, there's like a little blurb saying that people from Dice had to come in. They uh, Patrick Soderlund had to send a strike team to uh, to help spruce up Anthem to make it look like good or better, um, which is crazy. And that was only because he thought the game didn't look good, right? Not because it didn't play well, but because he feels like he felt that the the polish on the game or how it how it looked right. wasn't up to his standard, right? Right. Like, Which, dude, dude, yeah. you're looking. You're, you're honestly, you're looking at the wrong thing. Yeah. It's, so, man, yeah, this is this 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 was a piece. This was a piece, man. And like um, I said, like I said, everything that I've talked about is I feel like the tip of the iceberg. Yeah. Because, uh, like this, like you said, like this is like a dissertation. Like it's it's how many words? Yeah, it's about eleven thousand. I want to say it's a lot. It's a lot. It, it's a lot to read, but you should read it. You should read it. Um, I feel like this. It, honestly, uh, this isn't the last time we're going to talk about it. Unfortunately, I'll say it now, so that is not a surprise. Next time we talk about it, mm, I feel like it's coming with Sony Bend. I feel like it is coming with that game that Days Gone. Oof. Yeah. I just it it's been there's been too much silence. There's been I don't know. I hope not. I hope that that's been a fantastic place to work. I just there's I just get a feeling with that game. It just I don't know. I just get a feeling. I there's just a feeling. But yeah, and and like uh, and I feel like we've we've uh, I don't say been in the industry for so long, but we we can see sort of telltale signs of how things will sort of show out. So that's a great point. Um, we'll see at the end of this month. Yeah. How we'll this see. turns out. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, you know, I, I still, I still have the game. I still own it. Um, I have not, I've uninstalled it, but, um, you know, when that DLC drops, maybe I'll check it out. You know, um, there's still hope for the game. These games, these, these live service games, like, they're meant to continue living on. I, I want to mention just really quick before we sign off here. Um, I want to mention that one of the most illuminating statements was the was when one of the developers said that they were told to not worry about certain aspects of the game because they could just fix it later. It's a live game. So we can fix it later. I just think that's very, very interesting. Um, and I guess I'll just leave it at that. Uh, um, I'm trying to remember the YouTuber, but um, there's a and I'll and I'll see if I can link it into the description or into maybe we'll talk about it on a live stream. But they, you know, they're like teams that are like made for games like this. Where they, uh, they, they have a product, but then the closer they get to like release date, 
they come in, they strip it down so that they could then spread it out as DLC. Hmm. So that's that's also another thing. I feel like in this game, uh, in particular, they didn't really have too much to strip down because it didn't exist yet. It didn't exist, yeah. So, you know, that's not too much saying for Anthem, but just in general, like, that in itself is a practice. Like, there are, there are employees for companies that are hired to come onto these games and to sort of strip down certain things so that they could then spread it out. Hmm. Hmm. I've not so, heard of that. I'll yeah, I'll see if I could I'll find it and I'll you know send it out. But I don't know. Like it's it's like the wild west of, of video games right now that we live in. Um nothing's really set concrete. No one has like a set you know, formula for how things should should be done. Right. So everyone right now is trying to find out what works, what can get the most money. So that's why you have live services games. That's why you have games like Battle Royales right now that are so popular. It's because it, it brings in money. And at the end of the day, that's what they care about, unfortunately. Like, that's just what the business is. So right. um, I... I honestly, I don't know with how like the future of like this industry is like, I, I'm not, I'm not saying, Oh, I know I'm not going to be a gamer anymore. No, like that's, that's part of my DNA and that's part of me. Like that's not going to go away. No, I, but, I don't think anybody's saying that either. Yeah. Man. There's no, yeah, yeah. no. And, and this isn't one of those like doom and gloom like things. No, fuck that. I hate, I hate that. But I, I'm excited for when I see like an indie game or a new studio or shoot, even an old studio who will like put out like a product that actually like it feels good. And as I turn my shoulder and I look at my division two case and I rub it, <laughs> certain companies you just have to give props to for, for at least attempting to do things right. Yeah. I mean, Yeah. Yeah, it, there are many people at fault here and in different instances. Um, it, there's a lot of blame to go around, and it's it's just really unfortunate. I mean, I'm glad that this was exposed in this way, um, as it needs to be. I think you know us as as players and um, you know game enthusiasts and 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 people, other people in the industry, you know, who may have it better. Um, or, or even equal to what's happened here. I think that, you know, it's good for everyone to see. Um, this is the kind of journalism we need more of. I wish we, I wish we had more of. Um, and shout out. This is gaming journalism. Yeah. Like when you, and, and like gaming journalism is a phrase that gets laughed at. But yeah, when, but when I say it, this is what I'm talking about. This yeah. in particular, this is it. I, I think there's a, I think there's a very select few, um, I think there's a very select few. I can count on on one hand probably like the the people who are doing work like like this um, in the industry right now. Um, and Jason Schreier is definitely one of them. And I appreciate any time he 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 does his due diligence on on this stuff for sure. So so yeah, I I I I, I, I wish we had more like this. We need we need more stories. Um, we need more, you know, people writing about it. Um, we need more people, you know, uh, 
speaking, I mean, I know it's difficult. I'm not, you know, obviously not blaming of the victims here, but like, you know, I, I definitely, we definitely want more people speaking up about this so we can, we're, we can know people can be more educated about the products that, that they invest in uh, yeah. for sure. And yeah. at the end of the day, all of this, it, it's, it will improve the product. And like, that's, that's what we want. We, want... we sure hope so. We sure hope so. Uh, yeah, that, that's that's the hope, right? Like that's the goal from from all this is that you know, like the like what you just said is like that is the hopeful end goal. That's what you hope people will take away from. And that being said, we didn't even talk about the response Oof. from from Bioware. Can we just can we take like a few minutes? I know we're like way over time right now, but like I just, I feel like we we have to at least mention the response. Um, they. So by they Bioware released a response to to Jason Schreier's article. Need I remind you? Fifteen minutes after this went up, okay. So let me just say, in fifteen minutes, you must be the quickest reader in the world. Um, there's there's no way. There's no way you read, digested, and type and and wrote out a response um, to his extremely well thought out article in 15 minutes there's no there's no way there's you could never convince me otherwise um they wrote like three paragraphs about you know let me just give you a couple choice phrases for a second um First and foremost, we wholeheartedly stand behind every current and former member of our team that worked on the game, including leadership. It takes a maximum amount of effort, energy, and dedication to make any game, and making Anthem would not have been possible without every single one of their efforts. Okay. Uh, one other choice quote here. We put a great emphasis on our workplace culture in our studios. The health and well-being of our team members is something we take very seriously. Hmm. One other choice quote I want to read, and then, you know... Uh, this should wrap up, I think, <laughs> what my thoughts are on this. We, uh, uh, as a studio and a team, we accept all criticism that will come our way for, to the, for the games we make, especially from our players. The creative process is often difficult. The struggles and challenges of making video games are very real. But the reward of putting something we created into the hands of our players is amazing. Our full focus is on our players and continuing to make Anthem everything it can be for our community. I just want to say that that entire state, that just the choice quotes, there's a little bit more there if you want to look it up, but those choice quotes there just reek, completely reek of the stench of PR, sanitized uh, BS, basically. Uh, I try to be nice about it, but uh, it's very hard to be nice when I read something like that, um, especially in response to... Um, Especially to a, in response to a piece like that, um, it, at some point they say something about how they thought this article is doing nothing but tearing people down, people tearing people's work down. No, let me just say while we're on the air, real quick, that is that is not what this article is doing. This article is not tearing anybody down. What this article is doing is shining a light into darkness. This this to, to take a quote from uh from many other authors uh, or many other writers journalists um you know this 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 particular um i read you chris you shared with me the rock paper shotgun article uh john walker he said something he said the same thing you know he this is not this is not a 
you know, this is, there's nothing with malice or ill intent on just like, you know, slandering Bioware or EA or anything like that. This is simply exposing truth. This is what we need more of in this, in, in this industry, in this world. Um, that is not, if you have read Bioware's response and you think there's any sort of truth to, to that, there isn't. Full stop. I just want to say that if at the end of the day, you just gotta call a spade a spade. Like if you get called out on something, and then you have to like turn it around and say and give a response like that, it's it's an obvious deflection. Oh yes, yeah. it's, it's an obvious. Um, like they, like you said, like the in 15 minutes to come out with a response like this, yeah. Like, because uh, Kotaku, they, uh, Jason Schreier actually, he he reached out to Bioware Dude. before even releasing the piece, mm-hmm. so they knew the piece was coming out. So I feel like they already had this response, like you know, in 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 the gun in the holster, like they're ready right. for it. Right. So. Right. I, I don't know. I feel like that, like I said before, this isn't the last time we're going to talk about it. I wouldn't be surprised if next episode we have the resolution, not the resolution, but like the episode two, part two of this whole saga. Um, I, I think this is episode, I think that'd be episode three, honestly. Um, mm. this isn't the last that we're going to talk about it. Like they, there, there are things in motion right now that, I, I honestly, I, I don't see, I don't see anything good coming from on like Bioware side because they are not owning up to what happened. And as, you know, as a leader, you, you gotta be able to, you know, admit when you're wrong, when you did something wrong, you gotta take, you have to take the blame for it. You can't deflect it. So if they're unable to, you know, see what happened, what was wrong, and they want to deflect it, then nothing good's going to come out of it, honestly. And it's it's sad. Like, a lot of hard work, like, blood, sweat, and tears has gone into these, you know, franchises that Bioware has put out. And to sort of see it get pissed away, to see how, you know, what they call Bioware magic, like, that... That in itself is so full of shit. Yeah, it is. It should be upsetting if you hear that. Like, it should be upsetting. Like, it's... I don't know. I... I'm just upset. I'm honestly upset about... Like, just coming... Just just being just being a worker. Just hearing, like, this... How people are being treated... And hearing, like, just leadership give this piss-poor excuse and not even an excuse, but, like, this answer that they're they're still in the right. Like, they haven't done anything wrong. Um, I, I I don't want to say it's, you know, they're, they're dead to me, but, you know, I've, at the end of the day, like, these, you know, these developers, they're making these games to fight for a time. And if my time isn't being respected, then I'll put my time towards developers that will respect my time. Yeah. And I'll leave it at that. Yeah. 
And, you know, they're going to hopefully be developers in good working conditions who can, who can, who are capable of caring for your time. Cause there are, I want to know it's people, there are people there who are voicing the exact same things that we voiced a few weeks ago and even today. And they were ignored and shrugged off. Um, and hopefully that does not continue to happen. And hopefully they can find another job. Like, yo, guys, dust off those resumes. Like, yeah. for real. <laughs> Like, I mean, yeah. I I don't want to say like, yo, hey, just go get a job. It's real easy. But no, like, no, no. I'm not yeah, saying it's yeah. easy. I'm just saying, please, for your sake, like, I and it's not and it's not easy finding a job. I know that. Like, I'm not trying to make light of the situation. Right. I just right. I just want to I just want to put out hope in the situation. Right. I want to shed light that you know, if worst you know case scenario happens, that these people that have been, you know, on the ground floor working really hard that, you know, at the end of the day that they're not put off to the side. Right. Like, you know, these higher up, these executives, they made all the money, but, and they're fine. But these people that put all the time into the games, like they're the ones without the jobs and they're the ones struggling. Like that's, that's what I don't want to see. Right. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. So with that, yo, what an episode, man. Yeah. Uh, if you've listened to this whole episode all the way through, man, like I, I appreciate it. This is, uh, this one was quite a doozy. Yeah. And I really hope you did because I enjoyed that conversation. So, uh, with that, uh, with it just being us, let's roll the red carpet onto ourselves. Rod, <laughs> anything you want to shout out? Shout out to Jason Schreier again. Awesome, awesome piece as usual from you. Um, and also, as always, shout out to everyone, you know, who checks us out for sure. Um, you know, like I said earlier in the show, we've gotten some really great feedback. Um, you know, people who I've seen, you know, giving me feedback directly, um, or through the site, uh, or through Chris, like, thank you. Thank you for listening and continuing to check us out. We're having a lot of fun right now, so thank you. Yeah, like you said at the beginning of this episode, this is the latest episode that we've recorded. And yeah. guess what? I am still hype. I can still keep going. I can still <laughs> go. But, All right. Well, yeah, no, oh. no, no, no. We got it. We got it for the sake of time. Wrap things up. But uh, I do want to shout out everyone that takes out the streams, people that have um, followed us on Instagram, people that... Um, they just support the brand. Like right now, like the brand, you know, it's still something small. It's still something that's like, you know, going, it's still, you know, but at the end of the day, like I want this to be a community. So people that are, you know, liking the content, people that are commenting, like that's what, you know, keeps me going. Right. So like it, I guess, you know, as little as Liz, as little as it is to just like a comment or to like a post, to put some sort of like comment on it like that really means a lot to me um i'm of course trying to do a better better job of uh replying to everything and of course you know hopefully once you know the snowball gets going and then more comments start coming in i'm gonna still try and keep doing that because like at the end of the day this is the community that we're trying to bring together uh and you know it's it's you know it's an adventure i love it and I love you guys. I really do. Oh, nice. That's a good note to end on. End with a little bit of hope and love. Exactly. So with that, you guys know what it is. 
eat your vegetables, take your vitamins, uh, moisturize, moisturize, moisturize. Make sure you're putting some lotion on your ankles. And, uh, yo, guys, take care of yourselves physically, spiritually. And at the end of the day, yo, just have some fun because this is shit I play that. And guys, just have at it. Stay beastly. Be cool. Uh, I love how I'm at, like, I'm adding on. Yeah. Yeah, you just (laughs) keep going. I'm going to just let you keep going. But yeah, like, this is, guys, this is coming from the heart. Stay beastly, guys. We'll be right back.